Monday, August 10th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Back again with another podcast. Very excited to talk about all these juicy headlines in the NBA this weekend. A lot more than I was expecting, but that just gives me a lot more stuff to talk about, and I'm very excited to get right into it. But obviously, before we get into the podcast, I have to do my plugging. If you're watching this on YouTube, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to show up to this podcast. And just like to get the community, just to help build up this community, that would be very much appreciated. Also, if you're on any of my podcast platforms, the OGs, remember, if you're on Podbean, please like, follow, share with your friends. If you're on Apple Podcasts, remember to share, subscribe, leave a five-star review. If you leave a five-star review, I'm going to post on my story. So um, there's that on the table if you if you like want to leave a five-star review. And also, remember, we're also on Anchor and Spotify. And those all those links can be found in my link tree, which would be in my, the bio of this video. And also in the description in my Instagram bio, all my social link bios, which is at TV on Basketball, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. Lots of NBA stuff going on. We're almost heading into playoff time, which I believe starts August 17th. So we are ever so slowly inching closer. I believe yeah, exactly one week away. So, yeah, lots of stuff to talk about, and I'm getting very excited just thinking about it because lots of crazy basketball, especially if you've seen that Saturday night action. Whew, those, those stuff were good. But there's a lot of stuff to, to talk about today, so let's get right into it. So the first topic I want to discuss is the finals for each of the NBA regular season awards because they released that over the weekend. And I'm going to give my thoughts on kind of each award and if I said if, if I think that someone got snubbed in the top three and all that good stuff. So yeah, let's get right into it. First one being Rookie of the Year. The three nominees, we have Kendrick Nunn, Zion Williamson, and John Morant. Do I have any complaints here? No, not really. Kendrick Nunn, you know, a great story coming out of Miami who played in the G League all of last year. Became the starting point guard after a great preseason outing, and he has become a pretty solid starter for them, making Goran Dragic the leader of the bench unit. Has worked out very well for them, and he's had a pretty good season. But he he doesn't have the impact compared to the other two. Zion Williamson, although only played 19 games um, prior to the pandemic, and those are the games that are being counted towards these awards, you know, he he came in and he gave life to the Pelicans. And although it kind of ended um, badly for them in the bubble, I'll talk about that later, you know, he you can't deny that he um, looked like a absolute star. Him and Brandon Ingram um, both were putting up big numbers when they were together. And, you know, I'm okay with him being like, in the mix. I mean, it's it's hard to find someone that can have the impact like um, that he did in a short amount of time. But I think I talked about this before. The clear winner here is John Moran. If he doesn't win unanimous, I'm going to be very, very surprised. I mean, this guy has just been an absolute stud all season. Um, not going great for them in the bubble, but um, move besides that, you know, he's been awesome. He's taken leadership control of the Grizzlies after the departure of Conley, Gasol, and the whole grid and grind era and all that. And he's just played absolutely fantastic. You know, almost 18 points a game, over um, six assists. You know, he's doing his thing. And I think he has a bright future ahead of him, even if it doesn't end well in the bubble. Like I said for the Grizzlies, you know, there's a lot of promise with this team. And you just got to be you just gotta be looking at the future for the Grizzlies fans. And I think it looks pretty bright. And I think, yeah, like I said, John Morant, clear winner for this Rookie of the Year award. We move on to most improved player. And the three nominees we have are Luka Doncic of Dallas Mavericks, Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat, and also Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans. And again, not a lot of, um, you know, debate in terms of this. 
And the only thing I kind of wish they kind of didn't do was add Luka Doncic into this mix. Sure, he had a huge, you know, um, production increase over his rookie season to now. But at the same time, I mean, it kind of, what I like look at this reward, I look at um, players that kind of had like either starter roles, role player roles, and kind of ex- exceeded those into like star roles and stuff like that. That's why I'm okay with the Brandon Ingram selection. I'm good with the Bam out of bio. They've shown massive improvement. But like Luka Doncic said, he doesn't deserve to be in this mix. I think someone like a Devontae Graham, even though kind of the same idea, I mean, second-year player, I think that he should be, like, in the mix if you're going to pick a second-year player over Luka Doncic. Just because it kind of – he kind of goes with the flow of this award. I know this award's kind of, like, iffy as to, like, what really um, constitutes, like, you winning this award, but just look at the previous winners. Victor Oladipo, Pascal Siakam. What do they do? They went from either starter-type role slash role-player-type role and turn it into that star player. And I think this is the type of award where you just acknowledge people taking that massive, like, role jump. And Luka Doncic hasn't really done that. I mean, what? He was the number one option last year. He's the number one option this year. Same thing. And although, like, you know, it's, like I said, a massive increase in stats. I mean, it's like eight more points, and he's almost averaging a triple-double. It's just, it's just, he just doesn't go with the flow with this, to be honest. And I, I agree. I think Devontae Graham should be part of this list. We move on to Defensive Player of the Year. And we have three very good defenders here. Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers, and Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, this is, I think this is not bad. I mean, this is kind of as expected. You got to put Rudy Gobert there just because, you know, he's been super, you know, he's been super consistent. I mean, the Jazz defense has fallen off, but the fact that he, that the media still acknowledges him as one of the best defenders in the league just shows how much impact he has on the floor. And, if he like does like if he does his job very well, that leads to a lot of the Jazz's success. But it has, but this um, award is going to be literally a coin toss between Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Again, I want to see Giannis do it. I mean, the Bucks have a historically great defense. I mean, a historically great team in general. But you have that and like the best defense in the league, and Giannis able to defend basically all five positions. This guy's absolutely nuts. And, you know, you can't, you cannot, like, turn your um, shoulder to Anthony Davis. I mean, he's a fantastic defender, definitely deserves to be on this list. But I think that Giannis's impact, I mean, people forget, too. I mean, this guy's, like, almost leading the rebounds. I mean, that is part of defense, like, getting those rebounds to close out defensive plays. And he's one of the best in the league to do that as well. So you got to look at all these factors. And I don't want to take some bubble bias into this, but you see in the bubble, like, how great of a defender he is, like, when the Milwaukee Bucks are all, like, locked in. So. Yeah, I think Giannis is still going to be able to win this, but I wouldn't be mad if it went either way to him or AD. We go on to Coach of the Year, and we have Billy Donovan coaching the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Milwaukee Bucks' Mike Budenholzer, and the Toronto Raptors' own Nick Nurse. Now, Billy Donovan and Mike Budenholzer actually won the Co-Coach of the Year Award from the Coach Association, so like their union, but I think the media is going to kind of go towards the Nick Nurse narrative because, one, they lost the finals MVP, arguably the best player in the league last year, and they were able to get just as good of a record, if not a better record. Like, I think a lot of, like, media guys, like, respect that, especially because of the kind of low expectations they have for the Raptors, and he kind of exceeded them, like, all the way. I mean, kind of the same with Billy Donovan, but Nick Nurse has taken it kind of to the next level. I mean, some people didn't have the Raptors making the playoffs. Shockingly, I have no idea how they didn't, but, I mean, you know, I still think like he exceeded expectations, even as a Raptors fan. Like, I thought they were going to be like a fifth seed or lower, but they moved into the second seed, which they clinched over the weekend, which is fantastic. But 
I think that that narrative kind of like really does help him, especially knowing that their champ like that their champions losing two starter pe- like starting players and able to still have some success. The narrative is definitely Nick Nurse's favor, and I would want him to win that award. And then we have the almighty MVP, and you know we already know the two guys are going to be at the top, but you know James Harden's there too. So yeah, we have James Harden of the Houston Rockets, LeBron James of the Lakers, and also Giannis Antetokounmpo once again. And the MVP award, I still think it's going to go to Giannis just because of the impact he has had on his team throughout the duration of the season. I think that's like the biggest thing here. And it also helps that last year, if you look at his MVP season, look at his numbers, the fact that he's gone even better this year is honestly quite surprising. And the Bucks are even better. So it's kind of hard not to give it to him. LeBron, again, another great resurgence season. You know, first time in his career leading the league in assists. His highest assist average is um, in his career, over 25 points a game. He's doing his thing. But he's kind of like, like LeBron does. I mean, it's still a LeBron thing. Just kind of like take – like pick and choose like where you want to um, kind of like up a search of dominance. And then with James Harden, you know, James Harden has the stats, doesn't have really have the success, especially pre-quarantine. And I think what really like took him down the MVP ladder is that kind of like rough stretch around January, where you honestly could say that Russell Westbrook was the best player of the, of the Rockets at the time. And I wouldn't like really like argue with you there. But yeah, I just think like as a dur- duration of the season goes, I think Giannis deserves to be MVP. I mean, over 30 points, near 30 points a game. Um, over 14 rebounds. Like this guy has been absolutely insane. And look, like I said, if if he wants to get into that next stratosphere, I'm talking about among, among the all-time greats. He's gonna need to get some playoff success, and we're gonna have to see where that goes um, when the playoffs come around. But as of right now, regular season, I think he definitely deserves to be MVP. And yeah, those are all my awards. Um, kind of like again predictions, but also like kind of like my thoughts on like the finals and stuff. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section below on my Instagram. What do you think? Who do you think is going to win the awards and all that good stuff? And yeah, let's get move on to the next topic, which we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and Clippers. And it's just kind of like my concern to both teams because there's they haven't had the best bubble experience, but obviously, you know, they're missing some players and all that. But I still have my concern for this team. So let's get right into this. And we're going to start off with the Lakers because, you know, right now they're two and four sitting in a bubble. And... Just looking at the roster, I mean, obviously LeBron has had his rest, AD has had his rest, but I'm not worried about them when come player time. Maybe a bit worried about AD just because he hasn't like really like gone into a deep playoff run really, but I think he's just that great of a player. He'll be fine. But I'm more worried about kind of the other guys, you know, like if you move on, move down the chart. I mean, it's quite a big drop off. I mean, you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, and then you have Kyle Kuzma, who one, I mean, he's on a championship connecting team, which he hasn't been really part of. But he hasn't even been to the playoffs before. So having the third option be Kyle Kuzma, who, sure, he could score. Sure, he has some sort of length, you know, to help on defensive end. But is he really, like, ready for, like, playoff action? I'm not sure. And the thing is, like, with the Lakers, like, I do not see a number three guy who's reliable in these situations. Like, they're going to heavily, heavily just focus on LeBron and AD throughout the entire playoffs. And they're going to say, look, other guys – beat us because that's what they want. They want Taylor Horton Tucker to score 30 points. They want Kyle Kuzma taking 20 plus shots. They want that. They don't want LeBron going into his mode and going 30 and 10. They don't want AD putting up freaking like 35 and like 14 rebounds. They don't want that. They want to see Danny Green score 20. They want to see all that other stuff. And 
I just don't think that anyone like, on that roster can really do well as that third option. And you've looked at LeBron teams in the past, like the third option is super important, whether it's in the Heat when you have Chris Bosh, whether it was on the Cavs and you had Kevin Love. That is, they're significantly better players than what Kyle Kuzma is right now. And sure, maybe he can mold into that in the near future. But if we're talking about the right here, right now, he just isn't that type of guy. And you just, and you kind of have to just look at the Lakers thing. Like, look, sure, they have, like, you know, the best player in the league. Sure, they have a top five MVP candidate. But you just have to look at the rest of the team. And I think this is why, like, the third superstar is so important in LeBron teams. Like, I just do not see, like, who can really like, step up to the plate in this situation. Like, just looking at these games, like, AD takes the rest, LeBron takes over. I mean, sure, he's had a 30-10 game against the Thunder. But they lost by 19 because they just couldn't get any production anywhere else. Same thing against the Raptors. Like, Anthony Davis struggles. LeBron plays pretty good. Who else is going to um, take that role? I just don't know. And they look up and down our roster. I mean, even as a, as a whole unit, maybe they might do like the Toronto Raptors thing. Like, okay, third option. Maybe the whole team is the third option. We'll just take turns or whatever. I don't see that even happening. So, I mean, that's my only concern for them. And it's like even pre-quarantine, like I had them like winning this championship. I'm becoming less and less sure of that right now as this bubble progresses. Now we go into the LA Clippers, and look, they haven't had their whole roster healthy all season, and that continues into the bubble because Lou Williams missed the first few games because of the whole Magic City trip, and then um, Montesero just arrived back in the bubble, which um, was said today, I think, in a report. So, yeah, they just haven't had their full roster. Pat Bev has been in and out the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, they haven't had their whole lineup. But my really concern for the Clippers is that I just don't think they're fully into it. I mean, like, they have all the – I think they have a more talented roster than the Lakers. Heck, I think they have the most talented roster in the whole NBA. But I just don't think that their whole roster is just completely committed. And I think, like, it really takes something like a Damian Lord, for example, like in the Saturday game, to really kind of get their engine rolling. And my biggest thing with them is that are they going to give their effort 100% all the time? And I just don't think they – are honestly capable of that because they probably look at themselves as like, look, we have the most talent in the league. We have freaking Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, like two of the top five wings in the league. And they just think that maybe like when they need to turn it on, they'll be able to turn it on. But the thing is they haven't, you have to remember, this team hasn't played together like so many injuries this season and stuff like that with the whole load management and all that. It's been kind of like a rotating piece. Like sometimes the Williams have to be the starting line off the bench, Montrose Harold, same thing. Like it's just been a lot of like mixture in this lineup and, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, like, figure it all out by the time the playoffs come around. And I just don't think like, they are in a, in a place to, like, be with that type of confidence. Like, look, let's see what happens when we're all playing together. Maybe if we're all playing together, I mean, sure, they probably, like, are, like, I think as a full roster, they're, like, 6-1, and 6-0 oh, or something like that. But think about it. That's six games. Like, people don't realize that chemistry takes time to develop. And I think even still, that's why I have the Lakers just slightly over them, just because, like, I just don't think like, they're going to be kind of flamboyant. They're going to be kind of obnoxious about it. And it's going to take like like a, quite a number of things for them to kind of get going. And they're going to kind of underestimate the teams, especially in the first round stuff. I think that they have to like watch themselves just to like, you know, get themselves getting going early. They need to find that kind of um, motivation and get them going early and stuff like that. So, yeah, those are just like my concerns. I mean, the, the, for me, the NBA championship is up in the air, even in the East. I mean, the Bucks haven't really like – fully impressed me, the Raptors haven't, the Celtics haven't, like, I just think that this is a good year, just like, because, like, huh, there actually could be plenty of different options, so, yeah, let's see how this turns out, but, yeah, I have my concerns with both of those teams, and this is going to transition to another Clippers topic, because we have 
Um, another topic regarding them, Damian Lillard and the beef with the Clippers that are going on right now. Let me paint you the scene. Saturday happens, you know, I think I talked about this in my daily recap. You know, check that video out. Um, it's in my channel. I also have a playlist just for the daily recaps. Also check out my IGTV if you haven't. But yeah, um, Lillard choked the game basically, missed two free throws, missed the game time shots. And after the game, you know, um, Paul George and um, Paul George and Pat Bev start, um, you know, clowning him about um, him being able to be like a first round exit this year. And Damian Lillard claps back, basically saying like, look, I've eliminated you in the playoffs, I eliminated you in the playoffs. You guys should be talking. I'm the last guy you want to see in the playoffs. And and the thing is, like, he's he's probably right. I mean, sure, the Clippers have a better team right now, and probably the Clippers will be the Triple if they ever so meet up in the in the playoffs, which I don't think will happen. But still, yeah, I mean, Damian Lord has eliminated Patrick Beverly. 2014, game winner when he was with the Portland Trailblazers, hitting that shot at 0.7 seconds. Paul George, just last year, the wave game. Like, Paul George and, like, Bad Bev have moved from team to team, like, quite often in their careers. And they haven't really been able to find a home. Maybe this is their home. I mean, Pat Bev probably this is going to be his home. But Paul George hasn't really like, found that place. I mean, none of them have the same love that Tevin Willard has for his, like, from the city. And you have to just completely respect him for that. And I think he, like, won this beef in the sense that, look, Willard has proved it to both you guys in the playoffs that he is able to take you guys down. And the fact that you're kind of jumping the gun early kind of shows, like, again, the obnoxiousness of the Clippers. They just need, like, they kind of think they're all this. But they really, like, I just don't think they like been together long enough to really like be able to like exert that confidence. And yeah, Damian Lord, I mean, like I said, he has the love from the Portland team. He has like the success. I mean, he hasn't made the finals, but made the conference finals last year. Memorable moments all over the place with this guy. I mean, Paul George doesn't have that. Ted Bed doesn't have that. And you know, Dame is right. I mean, Paul George had to keep changing situation from situation just because it hasn't worked out for him. And he's trying to find that, you know, championship caliber team. He probably has that in the Clippers, but Willard is trying to stick it out. And you honestly have to respect him for that. Sure, you might say, like, he could have more opportunities elsewhere. But at the same time, you got to respect the fact that he wants to do this with the Trailblazers. And honestly, like, one of my favorite players in the league, you know, the way he, like, um, has his loyalty about him and stuff like that. And just like honestly, he's just a fun player to watch, and he and like you said, he's done it against both these guys. So I think Lord has won this beef like as of right now. But yeah, the Clippers again, another instance where I'm like, hmm, I said a lot of talking for for a team where sure you you look really good on paper. Like I just don't know like if you're gonna be able to translate that come playoff time, even though they have Kawhi. I mean Kawhi is not gonna talk no matter what, but he, the guys around him are talking quite talking quite a bit. We move on to the next topic, and I wasn't going to make this a topic, but I think I had to, especially after that amazing performance against the Bucks. Let's talk about Luka Doncic and just kind of like, honestly, how great this guy is, because I knew that his, he was going to be a star pre-draft. I like I talked about this on plenty of occasions. I think that he was going to be a star pre-draft, but I didn't see this happening this quickly. And I think this that game against the Bucks really opened my eyes to seeing like how good this guy could really be. Because against the best offense and the best defense in the entire league, one of the best defenses in NBA history, this guy drops 36 points, 14 rebounds, and 19 assists. And in the overtime period in fourth quarter, it was all him. Whether it was assisting the basketball, hitting the three, going inside and stuff like that, it was all Luka. And I just think that looking at this roster, I mean, obviously there's some things they have to work on. I mean, 
they need to have some more defense. I mean, I would love to keep a guy like Finney Smith, but they need a center beside Chris after stuff like that. But they have something there in Dallas. And they're just like a star away, maybe just like a few extra role players away from actually being like a decade-long playoff con- um, finals contender. And the thing is, like, they have time. They have time to figure this out. I mean, Luca's only in the second season. They have the restricted rights on him. They're, they can match anything. They'll be fine. And I really do trust this Dallas management that they're going to be able to do this because they have something special with Luka Doncic here. This guy could be the face of the league in the next five years. This guy's already a top seven player, even top five player. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if you named this guy a top five player. This guy's absolutely fantastic. He could do it all. You just need to have the pieces around him. They have some good ones right now, but they just have to, you know, add an extra few things. Maybe someone like beside Chris Stapps, like I would love to see someone like a, not Dwight Howard per se, but that type of player like beside Chris Stapps. Maybe some extra shooting. I mean, keep Seth Curry around, keep Dorian Finney-Smith, but they just need like that third star. And I think they could figure it all together because do I think they're going to make noise in the playoffs this year? Not really. Do I think, I mean, I talked about before, I think that Luka's going to struggle in the playoffs. Honestly, I just don't think that's going to happen anymore. This guy is just absolutely phenomenal. And I'm really excited just to see like, what this guy could do in, in his first time in the playoffs. And you know, although they might not make noise this year, I think the Mavericks are in a very good place. They just need to play their cards right. And I think with the way they've handled themselves over the past few years with the whole Dirk thing, the way that he, they were able to make them contenders throughout um, several years and stuff like that, I think they're able to do it. A good coach, I can't read Carlisle as well. I think they have the pieces there. But, man, they do have something special in that wonder kid and Luka Doncic. Can't wait to see what he does in the playoffs, man. I really can. Wait. We move on to the next one, and the next topic. And we're going to be talking about the Pelicans again because, yeah, we're going to have to say goodbye to the Pelicans. We're going to have to say goodbye. Um... For all of you fans that were saying, oh, they were just out of the Pelicans in because the NBA won't sign in the playoffs. Well, they're not in the playoffs. So, yeah, they got eliminated yesterday after, I mean, it was it looked like a close game against the Spurs, but honestly, the Spurs had full control of that game. And, yeah, the Pelicans are eliminated from the playoffs alongside the Washington Wizards and the Sacramento Kings. And according to Shams, those guys who are mathematically impossible to make the playoffs now are going to be gone. August 12th, so that's basically the end of the Pelican season. Like I said, it, it's it's been kind of like a disappointing end to the season, but I still see some, you know, some bright spots there. I mean, Zion has looked great. Um, conditioning, obviously, he needs to work on that over the offseason. Brandon Ingram, looks like he's worth max money. Just give him the max money. Secure him. You need that guy on your team. And I think that the Pelicans kind of have like a roster where it's kind of like mixed of old and young and stuff like that. I think they really have to like move into the the young, um, just going all in with the young guys, and you know keep people like Lonzo Ball, who firstly has played, has played horrible. I have to just I have to tell you these stats. Oh my gosh, this guy has been so bad in the bubble. Bleacher Report literally tweeted, Lonzo Ball in the bubble, five point six points per game, five point three rebounds, six point eight assists, on twenty six percent from the field goal. I mean, these are the type of performances. I mean, that people kind of blame Lonzo on. I mean. He's super inefficient. He really needs to work on that. I mean, he does other things so many like so well. He's a great defender, great um, playmaker, but he just needs to work on his efficiency. He really does, and I think this Pelicans team can go places. I mean, you have someone who's a willing passer and wants um, the ball. You have a go-to isolation player in um, Brandon Ingram, and you have kind of like that inside presence in Zion. You just need to fill in the gaps. You just need to fill in the gaps. I mean, Derek Favors is a good player, but they don't have that rim protector that they need. Um, Drew Holiday, 
good player, but he just doesn't like fit the mold with what this team is trying to do. And I think that this guy's going to be a very intriguing trade piece to come the off season because lots of high draft picks. Um, I, I've mentioned this on Instagram live before. I've um, mentioned this also in like in my comment section and some of my other posts. I think a trade Drew Holiday to the Atlanta Hawks would be great because have someone pair up with Trey Young and maybe get one of the Hawks' top picks to bring in Lamelo. You know, you never know. Something like that could actually work out for the Pelicans. And I think that look, this bubble they just did not look motivated. I thought that if they were if they get, were given the chance, like they might be motivated, and that Zion can like just get his taste of playoff experience. But that just hasn't happened, and especially in that Spurs game, man. They got down so early, and look, they they did fight back. They actually did, like, um, I think have a lead at some point, but the veteran presence of the um of the Spurs just absolutely took over, and honestly, it was just a tough, like, outing to look at, honestly. And they just need to, like I said, fill in the holes. Lonzo needs to get better. Brandon Ingram, I think, will have to get better and maybe kind of adapt to being the one. I mean, I don't even know how the scoring option things can go. Are you going to have Zion number one? and Brendan Governor too, or vice versa. Who knows? But I just think they're still promising this team, but at the same time, they just need to find, like, um, players who, one, have, like, a big voice because they don't have that on their team. Zion, very, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a super nice guy, but he's not, like, a vocal leader. You need that type of guy on your team. Hopefully you could trade Drew Holiday for someone like that. But, yeah, they just need to work on a couple of things, but I still think they have a bright future ahead of them. But, yeah, sad way for them to go out. Um, but still, you know, I mean, it's going to be an entertaining um, play in any way, so it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, let's see what happens with the Pelicans after this. But, yeah, just a sad way for them to go out. It was very disappointing. Now we move on to this final topic. And I never really preview games um, in the bubble, but this one I have to preview because, I, honestly, one of my like when I looked at the bubble schedule, this was one of the dates I had circled on it. And the thing was, Jimmy Butler had this game circled on for months on end. And it's the Jimmy Butler TJ Warren matchup tonight at on eight PM. I've been waiting for this game for so long because um if you guys don't know, if you guys are watching basketball, I think you probably should know this. The TJ Warren Jimmy Butler um feud earlier this season, um, they were really getting into each other like in the in the game. I mean I think the Pacers dominated the Heat one game, but they just kept um yapping at each other all day long. And it really came to blows when both of them got ejected because both of them really were about to to, um, to swing. It got really crazy. They started, like, dissing each other after the game on social media, all that good stuff. And this rivalry has been, like, kind of, like, the top, like, one of the big, the best beefs of the NBA this season. And sadly, like, they were supposed to have a matchup, like, a week after, like, the NBA shut down. So, when the NBA shut down, they were like, oh, man, we might not see this matchup again. But the NBA knew its audience. They knew its audience. They knew that people wanted to see this game, so they put it on the schedule. And this game, honestly, has gone a lot more um, intriguing to me just because of the whole TJ Warren aspect that he has been the best player in the bubble so far. Um, I thought he would, like, maybe, like, the, the face him with the day he was going to slow down. But no, this guy scored freaking 39 points on the Lakers and hit, like, the final seven points for the Pacers. Like, that was absolutely, like, ridiculous. And now you're facing a Miami Heat team who, like I've talked about in the past, these guys do not give up. They will. They just. These guys just do not give up. They just have those players where, I mean, Jimmy Butler is supposed to be injured, but I he he saw this game and said, "It's like, I think it's time for me to come back. I think it's time for me to come back." I just think that this is gonna be like an insane matchup. And the thing is, they're on track for to face each other come playoff time. I mean, they're the fourth. This is the fourth and fifth seeds respectively, and so 
I really want to see this matchup go in. I think this um, could be a preview of something great that can happen in the playoffs. And honestly, I'll just uh, that, that whole CJ Warner aspect, I just made it so much better because sure, you know, they're going to like, they're gonna miss like, Sabonis' presence inside. But come playoff time, if they have that production from TJ Warren, I mean, not even 30 points, just give us like 25 or more. That's just a good, that's honestly more than enough like to compensate for the Sabonis thing. Maybe not compensate, but to kind of like hope make up for it. And then with the Heat, like I said, hard workers, you have a good leader in Jimmy Butler, lots of great role players. So it's going to be a very intriguing matchup. And I think this could be a preview of what could be an awesome playoff series. But I think that's where we're going to end it because I'm super excited for the basketball today. I'm going to watch, try my best to watch it out throughout. And yeah, I'm just super excited for like more NBA to come over the next few days. Like I said, playoffs are coming on um, next week, so be ready for that. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Remember, if you're listening on, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. Podcast, if you're on Apple Podcasts, five-star review, subscribe, share. Podbean, follow, like, share. Um, we're also on Anchor, Spotify. All my links are in my bio, um, on my Instagram, and also the description of this video. And yeah, all my all my handles, TU on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you want more podcast updates, more content, um, and stuff like that, I might do another series where I do betting lines in terms of this game. I might do it starting playoff time, so look out for that as well. But yeah, I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for taking your time out today to, to listen to this. And I hope you all have a great, blessed day. Take it easy, guys. I'll be back with a recap tomorrow and another episode on Friday. Take it easy, guys. Peace.